playable game ever made? You love asking me this question. I think it's a valid question. It's a, you can buy it every year and play it and enjoy it. You don't get sick of it. It's not like Madden where it's only good for a month. It's in, it's instantly just repeatable. Listen, I a thousand percent think FIFA is the best game out there. A thousand Sports percent. Game. Sports games, hands down. Yeah. Well, I may even challenge that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's true. It's true, and I'm going to have to get you back on the L I took earlier. But uh, When you say L, you mean L's? Yeah, you know, it's just a bad stretch. Everyone has bad stretches. It's not a big deal. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back in full force. By full force, that means the three L's you took and zero dubs. Yeah, I mean, it'd been, it's been like literally eight months since you've defeated me in FIFA, so yeah. Well, it's... Enjoy, enjoy your moment. Enjoy your moment. Let them know. Let them know. All right. Let them know Sulk what? in it. Sulk in it. It's also been eight months since we played FIFA last. That's not true. We've played That's multiple so times. True. We've played whatever. Whatever. We're not going to go down this road. Welcome, everybody. Let's give the people what they want. Welcome to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside the gloating, smiling Mr. Alex Papa George. Someone clap for him. He's got his wins in FIFA in him. There you go. He's clapping for himself. There's two people here. Yeah. That yeah, means yeah. 50% are clapping for me. But we have an episode I think we are both very, very excited about. Why don't you just give them some insight? Well, before I do, Jay, if you don't, shame on you again. But please do follow us at Inner Miami Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. And guess what? We got a website. We have a website, innermiamipodcast.com. I know, I know, I know. You're welcome. It's crazy how simple it is, man. And guess what? They can email us too at Jay and Alex at innermiamipodcast.com. But if that process is too difficult for them, what can they do on the website? You can go on the website and click an emblem on the top right that has a little envelope. And guess what that does, Jay? Does that email us? That emails us. Oh, man. How, how, do you write these things off at tax time? Listen, Just Jay. The, the, the work you're doing in the world. I've been spitting knowledge for 28 years, and now I have the platform to share with everybody. You got it, man. You got it. Man. Well, in fact, later in the podcast, we had, I, what do we have? Four, four questions got sent into us. We're going to discuss one of which at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned. Yeah, we, wanna... we also are going to, we're going to cover the super draft as well. The yes. two picks we had. Another uh, verbal agreement player rumor that, that we have as well. Yes. And I know why everybody tuned in this morning. Probably, probably made it the title. This afternoon. But first, don't forget to vote what kind of beer you want at our first home game. Three Kings needs to know. We have like... Minimal votes right now, but the leading categories are like Hefeweizen, uh, some like wheat, wheat beer, uh, some IPA. So get your votes in so we can tell them ahead of time. They can brew the beer and we will all toast game day. Well, you keep saying what, but you just nailed all the categories. And uh, well, the that's leader... subject to change per email. Well, we have a week left in the uh, uh, vote left. off. Yep. The vote off here. Get your votes in. Right now, the Hefeweizen is the overwhelming favorite, which is cool with me. Yeah, that's subject to like two votes being overwhelming. Well, I don't discount Get your votes those two, in. Get two your votes. votes in. Let's, uh, dude, I'm gloating. I know. So you, you, you know what? 
What? You, you just tell Do you just them. want me to get into just this? Just tell them. All right. Well, I know why everybody tuned in here this afternoon, morning, night, wherever you're listening to us in. And that is because we have a guest appearance by Mr. Luis Robles, uh, our goalkeeper of Inner Miami, Mr. Iron Man, one of the leaders in most consecutive starts. I think the last tally I saw was uh, 183 consecutive starts, which is consistency, un- man. Bu- mm. Leavable. Dedicated. Not just that, but he is also the MLS goalkeeper of the year in 2015. Jay, it brings me great excitement to bring Mr. Luis Robles to the pod today. Let's do it. I am I am equally as excited. So without further ado, let's get into this. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we have uh, the pleasure of having Luis Robles join us on the podcast today. If you've been following this pod uh, and kind of following us through his free agency, you know that this is someone that we are very happy to have uh, come on and join the club. He just got down here, incredibly busy and hectic uh, world he's in right now. Uh, but Luis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, first and foremost, it seems like you've been down here for about a week now uh, doing through a little bit of transition. I know we're we're grabbing you right before you head over to the airport and, and take a flight up to the northeast. But, you know, being down here for a week or so now, what's what's your kind of first impressions of South Florida? You know, where are you staying? You know, what's kind of your initial thoughts? It's an incredible place to be. Obviously, coming from the northeast, the climate, the culture is a little different. I think my kids are really excited to be down here because they, uh, as much as they like New Jersey, they weren't a huge fan of the New Jersey winters. Mm-hmm. And each day when we were on vacation, they would just ask, like, hey, Daddy, like, what, what's the temperature like in South Florida? And, and I'd show them all the sunballs and the temperature, and they just got really excited. So they're still in the Northeast. They won't make it down until after preseason. But I think I can speak for them. I can speak for my wife and myself that we're really excited to be in South Florida. Awesome. Well, I know the entire South Florida community and especially the inner Miami fans are thrilled to have you a part of this inaugural team here. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to, uh, to interacting and, and playing in front of them for, for the upcoming season and, and hopefully for many more, many more seasons. Yeah, definitely. Can you just, I guess, give us a, a breakdown of exactly how like that free agency, you know, your decision process made uh, and then, you know, how that interaction or information came, you know, to you that, that, that you'd been, you know, acquired by Miami, you know, what that process was like if you were talking to, to leadership and what kind of drove you to make the decision to come down here. So the last few weeks at Red Bull was, uh, was emotional. It was pretty hectic. And in a lot of ways, it still lacked clarity. And so as they're going through the deliberating process of trying to figure out how they wanted to go about it, there was a part of me that was frustrated because I felt I had put enough equity in the club that this shouldn't be as difficult as they made it. But I also understand it's a business. And of course, I'm going to look at it from my standpoint, and they have to look at it from the way that they feel best suits a club. And so as we're going through it, the one thing I really appreciate is that the line of communication was very open, right? So the coach would call me, Chris Armis, and he let me know where they're going what they're thinking, the general manager as well. And then really what it came down to at the very end is as they were looking to trade, 
I, I just I just went in there and I said, hey, you know, I really appreciate the years that I've been here. I'm grateful for all eight seasons. But I also think you guys could do me a huge solid if you just let me go to free agency. And by going to free agency, I'd have an opportunity to make the best decision for my family. I wouldn't necessarily be hamstrung during preseason or in the off season as you guys try to figure out my future. And they didn't initially tell me what the decision was. But then on the 21st, when they had to let every player know what their contract situation or status is, um, that's when they told me. They said, okay, you know, we really appreciate everything you've done. And we're just going to let you go and be a free agent. And, and so then at that point, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if my phone would ring. I didn't know who would be interested. I think from what I gathered on the initial day, a lot of teams are just surprised, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's expected, right? Mm -hmm. But then that evening when, when phone calls started to come in, I felt like I was a high school senior again. You know, like <laughs> I was being recruited and people were asking me to take visits. And right off the bat, Miami called and, and they said that <clears throat> they're interested. And, and the way that free agency works, there can't be really substantial talks until a certain day. But just like all the other teams, they wanted to express their interest. And going into the weekend, I thought, okay, well, I don't have much experience with a lot of these places, and I think it's going to be cool to see how it pans out. But that when, when it ended, what ended up happening on Monday, once the window opened, an agent called me with a ticket. And uh, Remy, the agent, he said, hey, let's, let's fly down to Miami and see what they have to say. And so we came in late that night, and Nikki picked us up. Uh, dropped us off at the hotel, and, and basically, I tried to be as upfront with them as possible. Right? I know I'm turning 36 this season. I know I have a history of injuries, but also note that in the last eight seasons, I've only missed four games. Right? So regardless of what the injuries were, I've always been able to just be durable and perform at a high level, regardless of the way whatever is going on in my body. And so they understood that. They appreciated that. I went inside the doctor three hours he poked he prodded he examined he x-rayed he mri'd and i mean i felt confident going into the experience but it also made me feel even more confident afterwards when he said that i was good to go all right not only did he give me his vote of confidence but it sort of affirmed in me that even though i have a lot of miles on my body even though i played a lot of games i'm still in a great position health-wise so then that's when the real thing started. Like I go in and I met the front office. I went down to the construction site and you can see all the videos online, right? You can see it on social media. You can see it on MLS website, but until you're actually there, you can't properly appreciate or even conceptualize the scale of this project. And that was my first thought. When I got there, the, there's like 500 workers Right. There's so much construction going on, cranes. They're really not only trying to build something incredible, incredibly beautiful, but just the size is, is going to be able to compete with, with some of the best training facilities in, in the world. And so my initial impression was, oh, I mean, I was impressed for sure. But then what really got me is, is talking to Paul. And I got a sense that they had a clear direction. They were building something really incredible here. And I just felt like I wanted to be a part of this. Now, of course, we hadn't spoken about numbers, but I understood why they flew me down there. All right. Not only do they want to have a face to face, because up until now, I've never interacted with Kurt Schmidt, Nikki Budelich, or 
or Paul McDonough. I've heard a lot of good things, but I've never actually had a conversation with them. So the first part was was to, to get that introduction, but the second is just really appreciate what's going on there. And so as I started negotiation in my mind, I thought, okay, if I could just get to this number, um, it's gonna be great, and this is where I wanna be. Now, what I didn't anticipate is the amount of other teams that came in I, as well. And so as I was going through the process of talking about seven to eight other teams that were really keen on signing me, I just kept coming back to that entire visit. And as I thought about the visit more and more, just the experience is something that is unique, right? It's not as if you could go to England and be a part of a startup. It's not as if you can go to some of the other leagues in Europe and be part of a startup. And one thing that's really cool about the United States is that we do have expansion teams, but they don't come around. Now, obviously we're in the age of expansion with Major League Soccer. And I just felt like it would be an incredible experience, not only to be down in South Florida and experience all of that, to, but also experience what it's like to be an expansion team. So we, we, we got a good negotiation, everything went well. And from that moment on, that transition only continued to build in excitement and anticipation towards our move coming to South Florida. Wow. Well, thank you for that. That was very in-depth. And obviously, you know, there was, there was a master plan. To, to your point, you know, they wanted you to come down and experience, you know, the gravity and the magnitude of what is getting built down here. And, and I'm glad at the, at the end there you touched on, you know, kind of the difference of an expansion team, right? You know, it, it, it's a different type of organization and setting than if you're stepping into a team that's, you know, been around for, you know, a few decades and has a culture and, you know, has their kind of fit within the community. But as an expansion team goes, you know, everything is a little bit newer to everybody. And, you know, obviously yourself, who's very accredited and accomplished, and, you know, a senior level player here is, you know, not everybody wants to take on that challenge was, is that something that you really saw as something, you know, kind of exciting to do is take on a challenge of joining the expansion team and really leading a group of, you know, somewhat younger individuals? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt like I could be part of the solution for a lot mm -hmm. of the problems that are going to arise throughout the season. And my experiences have allowed me to cultivate my leadership to define me as a player but more than anything really give me a sense of of what I can bring to the table and so with all the challenges that an expansion team's first season presents I'm really hoping that it's those experiences and my personality and just who I am I can be a part of the solution awesome and I mean you did touch on it um, you know you've been in the league and you know even around the world playing professional football for quite some time here now. Um, have you had any interaction with the other goalies on the team? Um, it seems like obviously being more of a senior leader and, you know, you know, obviously right now seeming like, you know, day one starter and obviously for as long as that'll be. But, you know, we have folks like, you know, Drake, Drake Callender, who's younger at that. And, you know, do you feel like your role may be grooming someone like that to, to eventually take the reins later on? Well, first things first, I, I don't see myself as a day one starter. I, I mean, my perspective is always I have to come in and earn my job every single day. And I'm not, that's not just in preseason, that's throughout the season. That's even when things are going really well for me. And, I mean, just part of my evening, that's teammate possible. And a lot of times the way that I can find myself as a teammate is every day in training with the other goalkeepers, right? I expect them to train well the same way that I expect to train well so that we – collectively 
get better, that we collectively are, are playing at the highest level possible. And so I, I just want to make that clear is, is I'm coming in knowing that, do I have the most experience? Yes. Um, do people see me as, as being that guy? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be naive about it, but I also understand that just like anyone else, you have to earn your job, you have to earn your role. And so, I mean, that's just part of who I am. And even when they started talking about the other goalkeepers on the roster and their plan for Drake, a huge part of being that solution is helping those guys become the best goalkeepers they can be. And especially Drake, because he's a young guy, he's coming in with a lot of expectation. But I also know with goalkeeping, what's really nice about our position is that we just have a, a longer shelf life, or not shelf life, um, um, longevity in our career, right? So mm -hmm. even I'm going to 36 right now, I feel great. Um, and with Drake coming in at 22 years old, I remember when I was 22 years old and the reserve games I played, but training with the first team every single day, just the benefit that, that that brought. And then also the really nice thing is I didn't feel like I was thrust into pressure right away, right? Like I, they, they helped groom me and eventually I became the starter at FC Kaiserslautern. And I felt that my learning curve, um, that, that proved very beneficial for my learning curve. And so for me, Yes, like I'm going to compete every single day. I want to be the starter. I want to help lead this team every single week. And part of leading this team is the next generation. If Drake is that next guy, then I want to help him through his progression. I want to help him through his development. And part of my legacy, I hope, is winning trophies and helping this club be successful. But even more so, another part of my legacy, and maybe even a bigger part of my legacy, is what I leave behind. And I'm hoping that I can be uh, an inspiration. I hope that I can be a resource, an asset to Drake and to the other goalkeepers to really develop into the best possible keeper that they can be. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, it, it's so great to hear you say that because, you know, I know a lot of individuals are happy to have someone like you come on board, someone like Lee Wynn and, you know, most recently uh, or more recently, rather, uh, you know, Roman Torres. We, we have these these senior guys kind of almost at every, you know, level of, of the field right now who can help out with the, the, the younger kids coming in. So, um, you know, I think the, the, the goal here is longevity, right? It, it's not just come out, you know, blow all our money and try and make something real special for a season or two, but, but how do we actually build something that's going to last through the years? And it's, it's with the mentality kind of you have in, in what you're bringing in here of, you know, Hey, it's always about continuously improving as a group, as a unit and, you know, passing on some of that knowledge, um, you know, and, and skills to, to some of the younger guys. And, you know, so far, I mean, how much interaction have you had with, with Coach Alonzo, uh, you know, in these, you know, few weeks that he's been with the team? Just one brief interaction. So I stopped by the office on 9th. Was that Thursday when they were doing the draft? Yeah. And I, I just need to pick up some gear because basically the reason I've come up early is not only to find a house, but to to convince guys to come in and start start getting to know one another, right? Mm -hmm. So on Thursday, we it was just the keepers. On Friday, we had a couple guys. Um, on Monday, we're going to have about 12 guys. And then I was at the rookie symposium, and I met, I met Robbie and Dylan for the first time. And I've convinced them to fly in early, so they're going to be here on Tuesday. And what we'll do is we'll just push the training into the afternoon. And, and it, I just told them the benefit that they're going to get by showing up early is you're going to get to know the guys um, in a more relaxed environment. Whereas if you just show up the night before and everyone meets, you're going to meet like 30 new guys. You're going to have all these new names that you have to learn. 
And then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go into the field and you're gonna feel like right off the bat, okay, first impression, I need to impress not only the players, but I need to impress the coach. I said, I think it'll behoove you guys if you guys just come down early. It's gonna be super relaxed. You'll meet the guys, you know, we'll go get dinner in the evenings. Uh, we'll just have a training session with with the goalkeeper coach and and I think it's just going to ease you into it. So I'm really glad that they, they took me up on that. They are going to fly in on Tuesday and, and we're excited to have them down here. But as the numbers increase, uh, the idea is just to start building that rapport. And on Thursday, when I stopped by the office, I, I just wanted to, to ask Kurt and Nikki something and just say hi, but also pick up gear for the training. Uh, that's when they were on Skype with Diego. And <laughs> so I thought, okay, here's, Here's a, my, the, my first interaction with him. It's going to be via Skype. He starts speaking to me. I try to impress him with a very, very, very tiny little bit, minuscule amount of Spanish that I have. And <laughs> because, the, because the connection hasn't been great, wasn't great, I said something and, and I was impressed by myself. And, and then he didn't, there was no feedback, right? Because of the delay. I was, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Like, and then that was it. Like I shut down. I didn't want to speak any more Spanish, but it, it was a brief encounter. He asked me about, training with with uh, Sebastian who's the goalkeeper coach and and I basically briefed him like hey this is this is what I'm hoping to do this is what I'm hoping to do next week and, and he was all for it obviously he's really excited to get down there he's excited to see that the guys are getting together and just what I've seen in the past what we did at Red Bull the last few years especially playing CCL so many years in a row is if we just get down there training's relaxed we don't expect anyone to be super fit you know but you also can get some of that lactic acid out you can start touching the ball you can start competing and it's not necessarily in this environment where uh it's guns blazing yet and so eventually that's how preseason is and we'll get there but i think it's great that a lot of guys are showing up early like um today's sunday right so so i think victor comes in roman came in two nights ago uh we already have matias pellegrini coming on a monday uh, lee will be here on monday so uh, Jerome's already here. Alvis is here. I mean, it's, it's great. It's great that we have these guys. And, and over the next week or so, before we start officially, it's also going to be nice to be on the field, getting to know one another, not only as a player, but then off the field because we're on the hotel. We can just go get a beer or something. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you touched on kind of the way that the, the management is going about bringing a team together here. Um, there's obviously multiple ways to do that. Um, and it seems like from everything that you've shared with us here today, you know, just, you know, even listening to the enthusiasm and excitement in your voice, it seems like it seems like you're pretty happy and excited about what you've seen management do thus far and and really how they're, you know, bringing all the pieces together in this ecosystem here to create a, an awesome finalized project. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't have much experience with the younger guys that they've signed, but I know that they spent serious money to get them. So the expectations are high. But when you look at a situation such as LAFC or Atlanta, the thing that really sticks out is if you can build a team with veteran MLS guys who have been successful, not just any MLS guys, right? You look at Lee, he's won trophies. You look at um, Mikey Ambrose and he won trophies in Atlanta. Um, gosh, I'm LA, uh, AJ De La Garza at LA, Ramon Torres at Seattle, and I'm missing guys, Jay Chapman in Toronto. Like, they're getting guys from winning organizations. And, and I know I'm missing a few other guys and, and I apologize for that. But even myself, like I'm coming from uh, an organization that for the last eight years has been one of the most successful organizations. We won three trophies. We won a ton of games. There's just a winning mentality. And I think that is how you balance out the big spends, right? They need to go and spend money 
uh, on players that are going to make a difference. But in order to balance that locker room, in order to balance the personality of the team, you have to have guys that have that experience who understand the league because this league is a difficult league. And, and I know that a lot of foreigners aren't completely aware of, aware of all the nuances and just the little intricacies that make it difficult, but they figure it out fast. I mean, that's the one thing that Tier used to say all the time is, is when foreigners come, they're going to figure it out. It's difficult to play here. It's, it's a hard league. And if they're not willing to make that, that adjustment or they're not willing to adapt, they're, they're not going to be successful here. And so I think what's a nice buffer, especially for some of the, these younger guys that, that they're spending money on, that they want to, to really make the difference makers uh, and be the excitement when it comes to uh, the personality of the team, you have older guys like myself, guys with experience that, that, um, that can be that buffer for them, that can help them make that adjustment, that are going to be a resource, that are going to be an asset uh, so that in the end, not only is there a great cohesion and chemistry in the locker room, but then it spills out onto the field and that we're successful in the results and that in the end, everyone, everyone is going um, to be excited about what's going on here at Inter-Miami. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you've done this, you know, you've been in this league for a while. You, you have the experience. And I guess what's your kind of thought, you know, on what makes a good team a great team? Is that something, you know, at its core level? Is that like a skill coaching, team chemistry, probably some sort of mixture of all of that? But what's, what's your kind of view on that? <laughs> um, well, first off, I really appreciate that you guys are referring to me as a guy that's experienced and not a guy that's old. You know, I definitely <laughs> think we'll be the oldest guy on the team, uh, one of the oldest guys in the league. And that was the case at Red Bull the last couple of years as well. Um, Here's our wisdom. Your question. Yes, you can't years teach wisdom, that. Right. <laughs> but I'm lacking gray hair, so maybe there's not. <laughs> Hold on. But to in, in, <laughs> um, in the end, I don't, I don't have, I think, the best answer to that question. And the reason I say that, and maybe this isn't fair to my, my own situation, but it's the way I see it. Great teams are the ones that win championships. Right? Great teams are the ones that, in the end, are the last man standing, the king of the mountain, holding up the trophy with all the confetti in the background as the commissioner is handing it to them. I haven't been able to experience that. And I've always wondered what's missing. And I've always wondered how can I get there? And we've had some really, really good teams at Red Bull. And I thought there were some years that we were gonna win, but we haven't, all right? So maybe I'm not the best person to answer that question, but you better believe I'm going to be asking Roman Torres how Seattle did it and Brian Meredith, because mm -hmm. they, they were part of some MLS Cup winning teams. I'm going to ask Jay how Toronto did it because they, they were Achilles heel one year. They're the team that, that beat us, that went on to win it. I'm going to be asking Mikey Ambrose how they did Atlanta. Like AJ De La Garza, the, the years in, in LA, like Lee, you know, in LAFC, like how they were, well, actually they didn't win it last year, but they won, um, oh no, they were supporters. So, I mean, but you, you, you get what I'm saying is that I, I don't have that answer because I haven't been that guy yet, but but I want totally to understood. And, and, and I want to, to, to absorb whatever information I can get so that I can help be one of the guys that leads this organization to that final moment where we are king of the mountain. Ah, that's incredibly refreshing and exciting to hear. Um, I mean, your, your take on this entire you know construction of the team and, and, and it seems like your vision moving forward is magnificent. And you know, I think one of the knocks on, you know, older types of players and especially, I mean, you know, even outside of professional athletics is, you know, the, the, the kind of more experience you gather, you know, 
a little bit more that you're in your own ways. You know, this is how I like to do my things. This is who I am. It's gotten me this far, things like that. And it's really refreshing to hear yourself, you know, who's been in the league for a while here, you know, open to, you know, seeing how we can get to that next level, you know, leveraging the people on the team who have that been there and, you know, hoisted that, you know, cup up to, to kind of reach that, that same plateau. So that's really, really exciting and refreshing to hear. And, um, you know, we, we, we tend to have a lot of, you know, younger listeners that do turn into this pod on a weekly basis. And, you know, it's really exciting connecting with the youth here. And, you know, what would be something that you would say, you know, a lot of people strive to be a professional athlete. What would be the one thing that you would like to tell, you know, some of the younger, you know, listeners out there who are kind of starting off in their, you know, you know, dreams of becoming a professional soccer player? What would you tell them? Well, I'm a kid from a very small town. And if you ever watch those old westerns like Tombstone and, and that sort of Unforgiven, uh, John Wayne movies, that's the sort of town I'm from. Uh, being down, growing up in south, southeastern Arizona, the tumbleweeds go by the screen. Like, that's how sleepy and boring and at times, I hate to say it, uh, pathetic town is. But <laughs> and everyone that grew up in Sierra Vista called it Sarvisa, Vista. And everyone that grew up in Sierra Vista wanted to get out of Sierra Vista. Now, it's funny because I have kids now. Um, my parents, my wife's parents, she's also from the same town. They still live there. It's so it's relaxation and just no congestion at all because honestly, there's nothing going on. But look, the reason I bring that up is because that's where I started, right? I didn't start in an academy. I didn't start um, in a hotbed of soccer with some coach that was nationally known. My coach growing up was from Fiji, right? Like they don't even play soccer in Fiji. And yet this is the guy who helped cultivate my talent because he saw a kid who just wanted to work. And I had these three best friends, Sean, Miguel, and Tim. They were so good at soccer. And, and, and I just recently I read that book by Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. And it really brought light and helped me understand the context of my situation because up until then, my town, no one had really done anything in soccer. No, no one's. No one went to Division One school for sure with soccer. And yet I was born in a generation where I had these three guys who were so good. And at the very beginning, the only reason I started playing soccer at, at age 11 was because of Sean. And as I tried out for the team, they said, like, okay, you're awful. Like, there's no way you're going to make the team. But if you'll play goalie, you can be on the team. <laughs> so that's how it started, right? And that's how it started. And I found something, I found something that I loved. And I surrounded myself with people that were willing to invest in me. And I surrounded myself with good people, all right? Sean, Miguel, and Tim. Now, Tim went on to play junior college. Miguel went to the University of Portland with me. I, obviously, I went to the University of Portland. Miguel got drafted early by FC Dallas. And then I've had the career that I've had. Like, it, it's incredibly unique that I was, be able, I was not only from this small town, but I grew up with these great guys. And our coach was from Fiji, right? Now, eventually, we made our way to Tucson, Arizona and started playing for a well-respected, uh, well-experienced coach, highly successful named Wolfgang Weber, and he took me to the next level. But the reason I bring this up is for context. This is how I started, right? Not much was going for me. And yet I was a kid that had freaking huge dreams. Like the moment I started playing, I was like, I told my parents, oh, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I want to play for the national team. And so I was willing to, to work and work and work. And every single day, that's what we did. Every single day we played soccer and it was amazing because I got to hang out with my friends, but I also got to do something I love doing. And I felt like it, it was really bringing out the best version of myself. So that's the first part. You have to find something that you really enjoy 
dream big and you have to work hard. Like you can't replace that. The second is I surrounded myself with good people. All right. People that were looking out for me, people that spoke into my life, that spoke to benefit my life. Uh, and whether it was coaches, whether it was pastors, whether it was parents, I mean, my parents are incredible. They're immigrants. My dad's from Puerto Rico, got drafted into the military during the Korean conflict. He met my mom eventually many years later in Korea. She, they came over. She didn't speak any English. And yet she raised my brother and me. My brother is in the military. He's actually serving his fourth deployment in Iraq right now. Um, and so we come from a very proud immigrant family and instilled within us is this idea that you can be something in America, that you can work, you can work and you can really reach your dreams. And so those are the type of people I surrounded myself with. But then ultimately the third thing, right? The third thing that, that has proved beneficial to me getting to where I'm at now. And, and I actually didn't learn this until I became a professional, but since I'm sharing it with younger people, I hope they can understand this at an earlier age. There's not much in life that you can control. And I started to realize as a professional, when things didn't go my way, there's actually very little in life that you can control. But there are two things that you have absolute control over. The very first is your effort each and every day. If you're a talented player and you just go through the motions and no one can tell because you're so talented, you're cheating yourself, right? But you have control over the effort that you put in. So it doesn't matter what the results are. Don't get bogged down by the results. It may be a bad day, but if you're putting in a good, good hard effort, you're, you're going to bear fruit, right? And you're going to bear good fruit. So that's the first thing is you have control of your effort and the energy that you bring each and every day to whatever it is that you're doing. But the second thing is, and it's, it's probably the most important thing is you have control over the way you react to situations. It's not always going to go well for you. You're not going to win every single game. You're not always going to be the starter and not every coach is going to like you, but you have, you have, the, you have control over the way that you're going to react to people circumstances and just life in general. And I'm hoping that there's a positive reaction, understanding that, okay, this may not be going well, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to treat this person with respect. Uh, I'm going to treat this person the way that I want to be treated. And, and in the end, I think it's going to serve you well, not only in your dreams and your pursuit of your dreams, but just in life in general. So I know that was a very, very long winded way of answering that question, but since I have this opportunity, I'm going to say it because I hope in the end, it is beneficial to whatever young aspiring professional hears it. Definitely. I mean, and I think that's a mentality and a thought process we could all get behind, you know? Absolutely. Not just the young yeah. the young folks out there, but you can definitely relate that to, you know, anything you do in life. No, that's just spot on. No, no thank you for sharing that. Um, I guess just on a lighter note, I mean, so you've been down here for, you know, several days now. What, what's your favorite part about South Florida so far? And, and what do you think you're going to be enjoying? You know, it's got to be the winners. It's gotta be it's the, the, the lack, right? the lack of winners. But I mean, just wait till you get winner. into the the food and you know the, the the things you can do around the the, the cities are just amazing down here. But what do you like so far? I mean, no doubt the the weather right now. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting outside outside the hotel uh, in shorts and a t-shirt is just unbelievable. Now I'm flying to New Jersey where it's going to be a lot colder tonight, uh, and we'll have the labor negotiation in the city tomorrow where it's going to be colder, and then I'll be back. So uh, the one thing I appreciate right off the bat is the amazing weather. Now, I've heard, I may not be saying that in August or September, but I guess <laughs> you, you got to just roll with it. Well, that, that, that's kind of our home court advantage, right? That, that, that hot summer sucked the, uh, the energy right out of you. So, you know, if we can train and, and get the team used and comfortable in that, it'll be harder, you know, like in, you know, the, the, the summertime when some of these northern teams come down here, it's a little bit of an advantage. I think that, I think it's a great point. 
Yeah. Well, well, um, you know, Luis, we, we, we thank you a thousand times over again for, for joining us here on the podcast. Um, you made time for us here. I know that you're about to zip on up to the New Jersey area to, you know, handle some business and see your family up there. So, um, from myself, you know, Alex and Jay, you know, we absolutely appreciate you joining the podcast today. And I'm sure every, all of our listeners are really excited after listening to you talk more about the team here. And, you know, as we get closer to a uh, kickoff. Thank you. Thank you. And, and let me leave you with this. So I ran into Nick Romando uh, yesterday and this guy obviously started his career in Miami. He's very, very, uh, he, he just has pleasant thoughts about Miami. And he looked at me, he's like, dude, it, it sucks that, you know, like it all went down at Red Bull the way it did, but man, how lucky are you? And I said, absolutely. I'm super pumped. I'm excited. He had nothing but great things to say about the, the fan base, the community. So uh, I'm looking forward to experiencing those things that he had to say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know everybody out here is excited to see you out on the pitch and, yep. um, you know, as we climb closer, we get more and more uh, hyped up here. But, you know, again, Luis, we appreciate the time here this afternoon. And, you know, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. <laughs> La familia. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, Thank have you. Have a great, uh, great day. Safe travels. And uh, we'll see you back down here when you get. Sounds great. Thanks. Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but that is someone who I am very excited to have aboard the team. I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, very open, honest person, goes into detail, really explains his whole thought process process on everything. Uh, I couldn't be happier to have a guy like that on our squad, especially with so many young players coming over to the MLS, someone who has the experience, who is familiar with the different situations, and who can really mentor these guys up to where you know they need to be i mean amazing interview i think we both got much more than we were expecting out of that a thousand a thousand percent yeah, i mean I, we were expecting you know greatness but that was that was very in-depth and, and enjoyable that was very articulate and it put our team in a really good spotlight i mean like like, like louis said he he said there were about eight or nine teams that reached out to him over the course of his kind of free agency period you know after the red bulls and he came down here and wanted to experience an expansion team that really is something that only obviously one other team in the league can provide someone, but to just, you know, kind of take the responsibility on his shoulders and really kind of, you know, accept, you know, the challenge, what that may be and being, being a, a cornerstone piece in our, in our franchise really moving forward is exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just I mean, just like take a step back, dude. It's kind of crazy because, you know, we covered his like free agency and how much we would love for the team to pick him up. We end up picking him up mm -hmm. and then we get the opportunity to speak with him. And just it was so much more than than, than what we were, we were thinking. I mean, they're like great, great head on his shoulders. And I'm like, I, I was already so happy that we, that we got him. But now after, you know, speaking with him and, and kind of seeing where he is, I mean, I like I, just great. Absolute necessary essential add to this to this team in this roster agreed agreed and you know as we're talking about roster additions here i guess this brings us into our most recent and exciting news with the team jay yes yes so time flies man we're gonna be having these games here before we know it but time really does fly. This kind of snuck up on us, honestly, after the break and trying to get caught back up in the real world. A lot world. happened. A lot did happen on Thursday. 
January 9th, the 2020 MLS Super Draft did occur where we held the number one overall pick and number three overall pick, as well as the number 79 overall pick, which uh, will be happening on January 13th. That is not going to be a live streamed event like the first few rounds were, but January 13th is when the latter part of the Super Draft will take place. So we're talking Monday, which is when this podcast will most likely be dropped. So uh, this will probably be before that that goes on. But coming up, pay attention to it. But with the first two rounds going off, we have the number one, number three pick. Inter-Miami came out swinging, guns blazing. Love what we did in this. Number one overall. Give me that air horn. Give me more air horn. I need more air horn. Let's go. Number one overall on a much needed spot on our roster, right? We have a defense that is being built out uh, very high quality. We have a midfield that is so close to being built out. Our attack, like it we have, but still a lot of, of additions that need to be made. And we came out with an amazing pick. Number one overall, Mr. Robbie Robinson, forward. From Clemson, loves scoring goals more than he loves eating, and he probably does it more frequently than he actually does eating. Yes, Jay. Well, if there's any more analysis involved with that, I might fall over in my chair, but I am thrilled to invite Mr. Robbie Robinson to the team. As Jay said, this is our first overall pick in the 2020 Super Draft here out of Clemson, and you know what the best part about him, Jay, is? What's the best part, ACC? Well, he's absolutely a part of the ACC, but he is the Herman Trophy winner in 2019. He appeared in 19 games, scored 18 goals, which is a shade under a goal a game, and he contributed nine assists while doing that. Yeah, it was like 24 goals over like total 47 appearances. Uh, I mean, key key fixture on that Clemson side, ACC. You know, one of the best soccer. Uh, college soccer uh, conferences in the in the nation Uh, but yeah you know Herman Winter which is amazing obviously best best soccer player some other great soccer players were you know also vying for that trophy he happened to edge them out and um, you know we need this we need an attacker who's a a true scorer he's gonna he's gonna rip it he's not gonna hesitate uh, I, I truly believe, I know some people are saying, you know, Super Draft doesn't doesn't make any sense in the MLS, but whatever. I, you know, I, I don't really buy that. There's been some great players that have come up out of college in America. I think Robbie Robinson is an absolute great pick, especially probably initially going to be coming off our bench, you know, falling behind the likes of, you know, Julian Carranza, you know, even maybe Mateus Pellegrini if he was playing up there in a winger where, where, where Robbie could also play. Uh, you know, we got Jerome Cusavetter. So we have guys who, um, you know, have the experience. They're young. This guy is young, doesn't have the MLS experience, but his his, his college record is is something that is hard to ignore. Absolutely. Um, th- absolutely thrilled to have him on the team. Um, when that pick was selected, uh, Jay and myself were together when all the whole live stream was going on. Um, I gotta say, I was, uh, I was pretty, I, I mean, we were both excited, but I was a little bit, surprised on the reaction that we got on the pick itself yeah well so uh, you know I, I did read some articles about like mock drafts or who they thought you know we would take and it, it was mainly 
you know, around defenders and, and, and midfielders, which we've been acquiring, you know, tons and tons of those guys. I think with our two DP spots left, everyone's kind of wondering what's going on in the attack. And the fact that we at least, you know, selected Robbie to to add to that. Well, you know, hopefully hopefully tuck everyone in just for a little bit as, you know, again, I think most of the if we're gonna get that big European DP name, that's gonna come in June once the you know, the everything the the leagues are, are coming to a conclusion for the year there, like a, a David Silva or, you know, possibly like Luis Suarez who uh actually is having knee surgery now indefinitely now, but uh much needed addition to the roster. Great pick. We'll see how he develops in how those goals translate to the MLS. Obviously, Herman, trophy winner, best soccer player in the nation. Uh, so, you know, but what else do you want? It's like it's like getting the Heisman winner, right? You know, it's literally the soccer version of drafting the Heisman winner. Yeah. Um, like Jay said, it's, it's the MVP across the league out there. Um, you know, he may have been a little bit less enthusiastic, as I think all of us may have imagined but you know hey he's methodic even you know stoic even in some characteristics here and i just think he was caught off guard because like he said like this is crazy because david beckham the guy i've been watching my whole life is now on facetiming me well yeah you're absolutely right i mean first reported by uh tom uh bogart by the mls.com here's a quote that even he came out with and he said that um you know, Mr. Robbie Robinson here said, you know, it was crazy. I had no idea it was happening. My coach came to me with an iPad and David Beckham was on the screen. And I was like, Hey, what, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like most, uh, 20, was he 21, 22 year olds out there? Um, couldn't hear. And then I was like, wow, I'm talking to a guy I've been watching my whole life. It was a crazy experience and I'll remember it my whole life. And I can't wait to start working for all of them, which, you know, it's a true testament. Um, I mean, I'm sure the guy was just taken a little bit, uh, you know, kind of kind of by surprise. This is a dream that I'm sure he's had from the likes of being five, six years old, you know, kind of plays a little bit into our interview that we previously had with Luis here. You know, it all starts dreaming. And yeah. all the listeners out there, I mean, I don't even think it matters what age you are out there. As long as you have your dreams and can work towards those, you know, all the power to you and some awesome successes in life will happen. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I think I don't know anyone that's really upset with that pick. You know, I've seen some people that were kind of just trashing super draft in, in, in general. But mm-hmm. uh, again, I mean, great addition. Again, he, he beat out some other great players for, you know, the, the MVP for that, that, that Herman Trophy Award. One of the people that he did beat out was Dylan Nilas, who uh, is an amazing defender. Uh, wait, 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 also... wait, wait. Dylan as in our third pick? Well, see, in the just, MLS Super Draft? It's not that fun when you ruin it for everybody. We'll make sure they know what's going on. I was getting to that. All Mr. right. Mr. Dylan Nilas, who won the most outstanding defensive player in the NCAA College Championship. So we're, we're talking about, we've got the Herman Trophy winner as the number one pick. With the number one, with the number three pick, we pick the most outstanding defensive player in the college tournament, who was also a runner-up for the Herman Trophy Award? Are you kidding me? Listen. That's about as good as it gets. To already add on to our strong back line, young guy, can score goals, and I'm not talking about just heading them in from across. He can rip them from outside the box and put it in the upper corner. This guy has talent and I think will be a great addition to the team and will develop into a phenomenal player. I trust Paul McDonough, David Beckham, Jorge Mas, I think they went out and executed beautifully with these first 
you know, the, the, the first three picks of the draft, we had two of them, and I cannot be more thrilled with the players we took. Well, listen, in any draft scenario, if you were to tell me that I had two picks in the top three and both of those picks were finalists from the Herman Trophy, I'd say I'd, I'd say we came more, uh, yeah. out on top. Oh, yeah. uh, D- Dylan Nielis, welcome to the team. Um, third pick out of Georgetown, defender, as Jay said. Uh, he won the national championship with Georgetown yeah, in yeah. 2019. So there, there's, there's so many accolades, I didn't even mention that. Yeah, led, led Georgetown to a, a national championship while winning, again, best defensive player in the entire tournament and being a runner-up. Like, What more do you want? I got something more for you. What? Give it to me. He happens to have siblings, and guess what? He's got a bloodline. He's got a bloodline a into the MLS. There we go. Jimmy and Sean are his brothers, and they both play in the league. That's pretty exciting for the parents. Great great job, mom and dad. Great, great job. job. High-five each smokes. other. We're, we're air-fiving you right now <laughs> yeah. as, as, we, as we speak. Uh, that's some good genes right there. Yeah, and my kid trips going down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or your kid also runs into the wall about 20 times in his little car thing. So, you know... Different genes, different results. No, no, F that. Quinn's going to the league. It's all right. He's got skills. All right. But overall grade in the super draft? I'm going easy, easy A, if not A+. plus. Like, I am thrilled. You can say A+, plus if you want, Jack. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I will, I will, I will, I will co-sign an A-plus for that. Well, that's all the sign-off we need. Um, is. But there's also, you know, outside of that, I mean, man. It's crazy that everything just comes together. Like, you know, we've been covering this stuff for months now. Three months now. And just to see everything getting closer and closer to, you know, its finished product is, is just amazing. Well, it's exciting. And I think the big it addition is. to the team was the coach. And then once the coach dropped, I think all this other excitement has kind of came into, you I know, it. kind of agreeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know those are uh that's official those those are on the roster now the other big news that i did want to just run by everyone and this is kind of the same thing i believe that happened with like jerome and and drake and you know some of the other players where there were some pretty significant rumors i would call these um you know more reliable rumors than just you know say like a gareth bell which we know is not going to be happening anymore his himself and his agent came out and said mls is is not going to be the next move but it seems that we have some sort of verbal agreement with lewis morgan who is a uh, scottish national uh pro who plays winger for celtic now if you follow anything uh in england even you know if you're a fan of the epl you probably know who Celtic and Rangers are. They are probably the two you know, largest uh, teams outside of the EPL in that region as far as fan bases go. So it looks like we have everything in line to uh, acquire Lewis Morgan, who uh, honestly, great, great kind of pedigree background from St. Mirren where he was just putting up goals and then went over to Celtic where, you know, wasn't as... Uh, you know, plentiful, bountiful as far as goals go, but still got some experience. I think he's uh, in the position to to make a move, turn over a new page, and get back onto uh, you know contributing to that scoring sheet. So he 
uh, I mean, you know, knock on wood without jinx and everything, seems to be the uh, the next player that will be on our roster. Again, Lewis Morgan, uh, Scottish pro, plays for Celtic. Winger, which, uh, you know, again, we're kind of building out that attack that we do. That's the one area that we do need more more love on. You know, I, I know those GPs are going to be around that area, but we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously with the draft being what it was, we went attack first, which I really love. So we have some people that are going to be maturing on the most likely the bench here, you know, through through the beginning portion of the season here. But, you know, as Jay said, um, it seems like reports coming out of the camp are that we are looking to fill the last two DP spots before the season even starts, which is interesting news in relation to what we've heard over the last few weeks regarding uh, Mr. David Silva. Um, But it does seem like we are going to look to fill those two DP spots. And verbal agreances are one thing. I would like to see the ink on the paper, though. Well, well, Lewis, I don't think he'll he'll be a DP slot. I don't don't think he's uh, that caliber just based off his history i mean like that the, the most notable thing he's done is put up 14 goals and 35 appearances for st Mirren. his celtic uh tenure wasn't great he didn't, he didn't log a goal so i don't think he'll be a dp i think we'll probably sign one dp before we get to the season but i, I would be hard pressed to use both dp spots without going after like a david silver or another big european name which we know we have to wait till june it's fine we just need to come out and basically just post a 500 record in the first third of the season and then, you know, get our DPs down the line and, you know, supplement them into the roster. But I saw that they said that we'll, we'll see what happens. We also, you know, going back to the coach, we heard it was going to be, you know, a much uh, quicker announcement, I guess. And we had to wait several weeks. So things do change. I understand you have a plan with pro sports, but Hey, it's a complex world. Yes. It is a complex world, and uh, we strive to make it a little bit more simpler out there for everybody. We're, we're trying. We're trying to break it down. It can be confusing as hell for us as well. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, so, you know, we'll see how the team, you know, unfolds here as we continue to get news, uh, breaking news out there. We'll continue to report it to you. Um, and, you know, in case people were interested in the supporters groups here, I'm not sure if people have gone back and started of our episodes, but we do have a four part series uh, with the Southern Legion, uh, Siege, Vice City and the Northern Pack. If anybody out there and again, Jay and myself are very, very much uh, supporting everybody go out there and go meet any of these people over any course of events. I know all of them hold weekly events for you to go out and meet everybody, a part of the organization and you know, kind of kind of get a feel for each one of them. But um, we're going to go ahead and start putting the links, or I'm sorry, not start, but actually in this week's podcast, put links to all the different supporters groups chants out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've started to see it, you know, kind of trickulate out through social media and drop, you know, throughout different channels. But we did want to offer a central source if anybody out there was listening and didn't see the chance and you know, we have to act like a synchronized union out there upon game time, which we're only a few months away. Only a few months away. And it's going to be beautiful to see everyone, all the supporters together rooting for one team, everyone chain, everyone's, you know, work that they've, they've, they've built or, or, you know, I know everyone has different chance, but to see everyone collectively kind of group around that and sing is going to be beautiful. So you might as well start learning what you're going to be singing out there. Yeah. And we're going to make that available. Because what do we do? We try and make things easy. And, you know, 
we do try to make things easy, Jay, which is why we always tell people, go ahead and follow us at Inner Miami Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. Go ahead and check us out, innermiamipodcast.com, because guess what? We got a website now. The website's live. Yeet. So go ahead and do Yeet. that. And Don't forget to email us at jayandalex at innermiamipodcast.com. Well, funny thing about or, that, Jay, we had a couple questions come through, and I think we're going to save a few of them for next week because I actually think that another week or two is actually going to help answer them. But we did want to go ahead and get to one question here that was sent into us over the new website which is something I do want to point out. Uh, yeah, so this one was more around how do you think Diego Alonso and David Beckham will use the Youth Academy? Uh, do we think that the Academy guys are going to get involved early or later, you know, when they get older? Um, and, you know, around that, I mean, we, we're going to have to use it immediately. Uh, I think that we're in a unique position being in uh, this location of the world. I think you could compare this to uh, possibly L.A., maybe some cities in Texas, as far as having a lot of people that live in that city that have a passion for soccer. These are the more passionate areas of the nation. There's a lot of Latin uh, background going into there, so there's a lot of kids that are coming up and playing soccer. My one issue with American soccer is that we don't get our, our, our stud athletes into it. We've discussed this in the past. If I'd be LeBron James as a goalkeeper, if we Chris Johnson or Lamar Jackson up in an attack, how fast they would be. Um, you know, so that's where the talent's going to come in on, on the more like near side, right? Is that we're going to have to pull these kids up. We're going to have to use them when they're ready. There will also be people that will be developed later. And that will pull out when they get to where they are. But, you know, if we have a stud 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, and he's ready, we're going to have to play him. Because we need to be bringing and developing talent into that world. That's what the English Premier League does. You'll have 16-year-olds on the field starting. Same thing in other countries of Europe. So, I think that when they're ready, we're going to have to pull them. It doesn't matter if they're 18. It doesn't matter if they're 28. When they're ready, we're going to have to pull them. Because we're going to have to bring talent into the team. Listen... It all starts at a youth level. And right now, I don't think it's any secret. The United States is not the most dominant country out there in the world when it regards to soccer. And the only way that you solve that problem and fill that gap is by developing young talent from the youth level. And, you know, we heard it, you know, across the board here, you know, even with Mr. Uh, Luis's Luis Robles' interview here is talking about, you know, the younger folks and, you know, getting them involved. And furthermore, having Lockhart Stadium here in South Florida, I think is really important, too, because it's going to be a state-of-the-art facility here. And younger people are going to want to come down here and practice and perform. And we already have some pretty high-level, you know, soccer going on in the state already as it is. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it could be a big magnet and almost kind of snowball effect, right? Because you already have some passion out here for soccer, but now that there is an academy so close with these facilities, I think it will even attract more and more talent from a younger age to try and pursue that and go after that. So, um, yeah, I think that academy is going to be a a key part. I really do think it will be a key part because, again, we're building for longevity, not just a quick, you know, one, two, uh, you know, seasons of finishing in the the top five, but we want to build something where we can be a perennial powerhouse yes um thank you thank you very much um like always we love some listener feedback and questions here if you have any questions or want to have your comments or 
questions, concerns, whatever those may be uh, talked about on the podcast, go ahead and visit us at intermiamipodcast.com and click that little emblem on the top right that's an envelope because we make it so dang easy for everybody out there. But if you don't do so already, go ahead and follow us on Inner Miami Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, I'm really excited about the next few weeks here. Uh, we had an awesome interview here um, this afternoon. This is Sunday. We're dropping this podcast on Monday, the 13th of January. But we have a couple more player guests that we'll be inviting on the podcast will be joining us as well as, like Jay said last week, you know, Uncle Ed and Peter from Football Miami are going to be joining us here on the podcast with probably in about three weeks or so, if I can give you a yeah. soft date. And whenever then we can iron that, iron out that crossover special, we will. Whenever we can, we'll bring it to everybody here. I'm sure they will as well. And furthermore, I'm Alex. I'm Jake Hinton. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been great. We'll be back in a week. Uh, but yeah, he's right. This is where the fun starts. This is where everyone moves down here and, and uh, things kick off. So stay tuned. We'll have much, much more. Vamos Miami. <laughs> <laughs>